This is Why Libertarian, the show dedicated to telling the stories of libertarians new and old, promoting libertarian values, and fighting against authoritarians, statists, feds, and anyone else who would like to steal your liberty and freedom. I am Matthew Strzok, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this episode. Enjoy. Wow, uh, this is an experiment. I will tell you that much. Um, you are here for uh, some some experimentation tonight. Um, the technological kind, not uh, don't let your minds wander. Um, this is why libertarian. I am Matt. It is Thursday at about seven p.m. A couple minutes after. I'm getting rolling a little late here because technologically. Uh, we are expanding, and I say we, I mean me, I am expanding the number of streams that are being sent out there into the interweb. So uh, right now we are live on uh, Periscope and on Twitter. We are live on Facebook. We're live on YouTube. And in my never-ending journey to decentralize, get more onto the blockchain, I think right now I am live on Vim. Um, I do not have a feed headed out to 3Speak just yet because they are working on the live speed capabilities. Um, but uh, I am also, and this isn't a blockchain, but um, I am also live on Twitch. So uh, I've expanded from three streams to five, uh, soon to probably be six or seven. And so, yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, as usual, like, comment, subscribe, share notification bell, retweet, uh, whatever you do on Vim and, and, and Twitch. I mean, on Vim, I guess you could kind of like share it out onto, you know, DBuzz or, uh, you know, one of the other platforms on the Hive blockchain. And on Twitch, I have no idea what you do because I am completely brand new to the Twitch, uh, the Twitch streaming world. So whatever you do on Twitch and uh, throw in the comments, let me know if, if how do you share something on Twitch, just uh, if you are familiar. But um, I do take uh, live comments and questions, so if you do have anything to share, uh, I would be more than willing to answer those on the live cast. Um, what are we talking about tonight? Um, so, uh, the, the there's something that's really kind of been, uh, I, I've been warring with, um, with myself, or, or not warring, but just kind of like thinking over a lot, right? And it's this sense of just, you know, culture and community being superior to everything else that people want to focus on, right? So um, uh, in in my peer group here in New Jersey, um, in the Liberty Crew that I have with, you know, that I roll with here in New Jersey, uh, Mike Rufo is always saying like bread and circus, right? Like the old Roman, you know, Caesar always said that all you had to do is give them a little bit of bread and a little bit of entertainment and it keeps the masses happy, right? Uh, and so a lot of what I see on a day-to-day -day basis is basically the circus part of it, right? It is, it is just the, the, the show that keeps you entertained when everything else bad, you know, for you is happening behind the scenes so that you can't pay attention to that or you choose not to. You're paying attention to the circus in front of you. That's culture. I mean, that, that is a part of a culture where, you know, collectively a lot of people decide to watch the show as opposed to watch the other things that are happening. Um, 
and so there's a lot like and and there's so often so like being being of my political persuasion and the political persuasion of a lot of the people that are around me um we're always kind of like we're not one side or the other we're we're a different like it's you know what's the saying from um from uh the wizard of oz like it's a horse of a different color like that's exactly what it is like we're not a little bit of this and a little bit of that we have a completely different way of going about, you know, kind of like the, the thought process and the thinking. We get to the same destination as folks that think more in this kind of like traditional right wing or traditional left wing kind of way. But we get there, we get there for a different reason um, and in a different way, um, maybe path wise. Right. But we get to the final location. The problem becomes, all right, well, how do you affect change? Right. Like if you are so different, if you're thinking out there, if you have different principles. When you go to talk to someone who is left-wing or right-wing, a lot of times you're speaking a, compl a completely different language. I mean, it is literally like, you know, speaking Greek to someone and they're trying to speak, you know, whatever, French back to you. Like, it, it's very difficult to have a conversation with someone who doesn't see the world your way. And I'm not even saying just like slightly doesn't see the world your way. I'm saying dramatically. Like, you're they're on earth you're on mars like they do not see things the same way that you do and vice versa so how the heck do you affect change if if that's like are are you like just supposed to yell out into the void and hope that enough people hear you i mean like how many times have you gotten like i'd say you the royal you how many times have you gotten into like a twitter or facebook or or you know, a social media spat or rant or fight with someone, or a, I'll use debate because it's not a debate. It's just two people yelling at each other. Um, and and both you part ways not really having had any productive, you know, interaction. And it just makes you feel like shit the rest of the day because you're like, how does that person not see the world the way I see it? Um, it, it really boils down to culture. It really comes down to building culture, Okay. So if, if you see, let's just take like the last 12, 15 months, okay? We've had COVID, we've had George Floyd, we've had the BLM uh, protests and, and riots that uh, coincided with many of them. We've had Portland, we've had, you know, this, this like a, a war of a presidential campaign. We've had, um, you know, now uh, a number of other things in terms of COVID and the pandemic and things like that. All of this stuff, people are always trying to be like, well, if you voted for this person and if you voted for that person, like these things wouldn't have happened, right? Um, libertarians fall into this all the time. They're like, well, if you just voted libertarian, it wouldn't be a problem. But that would be like uh, someone on Mars saying like, well, why didn't you vote for my candidate? And the person on Earth is like, well, I don't even know where the fuck you live. Like, how am I supposed to vote for a candidate that I don't even know? Right. Like or I have I've heard of them, but I haven't experienced them. And you're like, well, why didn't you go out and like search out the information for them? People just don't They like most people don't do that. Like coming from there, there's a number of people out there that really actively search for information that you are. If you are one of those people, you are in the vast minority. And I don't even mean like 50, like 60, 40. I mean, like 99 to 1 percent. Okay, there are people out there that painstakingly torture every single detail about, you know, how they view things politically, the conclusions they come to, 
uh, you know, what they focus on, you know, news-wise or what they focus on from the standpoint of, um, you know, uh, their worldview and their culture and their religion. Like, there's so much that a lot of people, most, in fact, like 99% of people, just don't even ask any questions. It's just whatever's served up to them, that's fine, whatever. I'm going to pick one or two things that I'm going to, like, think about or strive for in my life, and that's it. I want it simple. I want it uncomplicated. All the rest of the stuff that comes with me, whatever the crowd says, right? Like, that's exactly what they do. It, it is a special kind of masochist that decides to torture the details of every aspect of, you know, how they feel and, and, and the conclusions that they draw and which direction they go in. And so that being said, how does someone who is of that mindset affect change with a bunch of other people who could be, com who are completely different than that, like diametrically opposed? How do you ever affect change in a world that's like that? Well, interestingly enough, we have a roadmap. Progressives taught you how you do that. And it doesn't happen overnight. It takes, you know, the better part of 50, 100 years to do it, right? Like probably starting somewhere around the time of the 1940s, the real kind of progressive movement in the United States started to gain ground. And at first it was just little bites and little bites and little bites. And then all of a sudden it started to snowfall and, you know, snowball. And now it's an avalanche. All right. It's like the old saying, like it happened bit by bit and then all at once. Okay. It doesn't happen all at once, but if you don't pay attention to it, you think it happens all at once, but really it happens over 50 or a hundred years. And it comes from building culture, from building communities, which by the way, is also really convenient because it coincides with decentralization. Okay. Everyone wants to think decentralization is the same thing as some crazy person going off in the woods and living by themselves. Okay, and having like a crazy person beard and guns and chopping wood and that's it, right? That's decentralization to them. That's not, that's like, that's, that's being a frontiersman, okay? Decentralization is basically taking away central authority, but then not, like everyone thinks that decentralization means that you have to stand on your own two feet and that's it. You don't get to collaborate with anyone or coordinate or anything like that. That's not it at all. It's actually the exact opposite. When you uh, basically, you know, break away from centralized, like very like con concentrated centralized control and planning, it becomes imperative that you build local, strong communities of people, okay? And, and it's important that it's local, and it's important that you build that community or you participate in that community based off of the foundations of how it's formed. And so I can tell you from personal experience, the people that I roll with here in New Jersey are based off of liberty and freedom. That's what we, that's what we base our, our point of view on, and that's also what we base what we're working together to build on, okay? And so, well, how does that help politically? Well, I can tell you, it doesn't help right now. <laughs> it doesn't help right now. But the other answer is that the only thing that does help right now is shit you don't want to do because it's stuff that's been happening for a long time. Whenever, you know, uh, anarchists and libertarians talk to hardcore conservatives, uh, conservatives are like, well, if you just voted Republican, if, 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 if you just voted for the conservative option, this wouldn't be a problem. And then the libertarians are like, 
well, if you just voted for the libertarian, this wouldn't be a problem. Um, what what the what the the conservatives don't understand is that you know their representation or what they embody their representation as in our government is the Republican Party, and the Republican Party pretty consistently, and this hasn't been everywhere, but in many places has um, you know the the word leading up to World War II was appeasement, and that's exactly what has happened. You 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 know you give ground, but you don't give as much. You say okay, well. All right, just take a little bit of ground, but this is where I draw the line, right? And then you back up, and then this is where I draw the line, and then you back up, and this is where I draw the line. That incremental or incrementalism involved in kind of things moving further and further out towards the progressive end of the scale is essentially what has happened over the last 50 to 100 years. And to the point now where it's an avalanche, it's not just like five people screaming, take all the guns. It's not five people screaming, we need to take all of the wealth away from the wealthy, right? It's not just five people screaming for universal benefits for everyone, right? It is literally millions of people. But that didn't happen overnight. That took a long damn time. And how did, how, how did that happen? It happened because they built micro-communities that all shared certain core you know, principles and certain core characteristics. And the folks that they attracted to those communities that were m like marginal, meaning they, they didn't necessarily like side with, you know, the opposition or like a different viewpoint. They were just kind of like gravitating in the middle. And then what they did was they built a community. They made it look fun and inviting and, and, you know, everyone had a good time and they all had happy hours and they went to the same fundraisers and they did the same things and they attracted attention and they attracted people because people saw a bunch of other people having a good time. They all have things that bind them together. And remember, the vast majority of those people do not sit there and torture the details. They don't. They just see a bunch of people having a good freaking time. And they're like, oh, what's going on over here? What, what do you people are about, right? Oh, well, we want to take away all the firearms because people are killed by firearms and it's an epidemic and we need to get rid of them. Oh, okay, well, uh, there's a bunch of people here. They all kind of agree. Um, they're having a good time. Looks like a decent party. All right, I'll, I'll at least listen, right? And then they listen. There was no debate. The, 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 the... The, the discussion about the, the political viewpoint or the principles or things like that happened after the person was already interested, okay? So if, if you're someone who is a, a, you know, a conservative or, or a libertarian or, or anyone who's kind of like outside of the, pro, pro, the progressive spectrum and you're trying to have a conversation with someone who's in the kind of the progressive mindset, okay? The, the problem is you're trying to break through a barrier that they have put up, and you have one up too, okay? And it's just this all the time, right? Because the, the, the initiation of the conversation nowadays with all of the randos that you come across, specifically online and sometimes in, in public, is it, it's the political discussion, right? That's the first discussion that you have. The first discussion is, well, what are your politics, right? You're immediately sizing each other up, the walls go up, and then every single you know part of the conversation from there on out is defense or offense, and that's it. And it becomes this jockeying thing. 
there's absolutely no aspect of you know some of these principles specifically the liberty principles okay that that like the, the liberty principles once you invite someone in and they start to hear it they're like wow that really makes sense like the the, the message of liberty is really easy to spread the problem is breaking the ice right and doing it in a way that is where the person is effectively disarmed they're they're open to listening okay and remember what's going to sway them the most is a bunch of people having a good time community that's what's going to at least uh, uh like prepare them the best to then have that conversation oh my god a bunch of people having a good time what are you talking about right that is a much different conversation than here's a hot button issue how do you feel right and you're like oh well i feel this way oh wrong answer right like that's immediately what it is people draw lines they go back to their corners and they never end up meeting right like it, it becomes this confrontational thing so that's why at the heart of all of this like the what has what has contributed to the way that this country is now and actually the world okay has very much been um culture it has been a cultural change over a very long period of time so why is it that competing culture kind of lost out right well competing culture lost out because in a lot of ways the competing culture is leave me alone <laughs> right like that's what so many people will tell you like whatever you can be progressive over there in your circles just leave me out of it just don't affect my life don't send someone to my house with a gun. Don't take my money. Don't take my stuff. Just leave me out of it. Allow me to have my rights, and then you can go do whatever you want over there. But that is not conducive to bringing people together. That's conducive to one or a handful of people isolating themselves, right? And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that you shouldn't feel that way because ultimately that is the goal, right? The goal is please do not interfere with my life. I, I just, I want to be able to do whatever I want to do. And as long as I don't hurt someone else or take their things, just allow me to do it. But that doesn't compete very well with the opposing view, which is a fucking party. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, like, I, I have been to a ton of Democrat fundraisers and I've been to a ton of Republican fundraisers, okay? Democrats throw way bigger parties, all right? They have no problem spending... And again, this is something that is like a hot button topic for specifically conservatives is like Democrats have absolutely no problem spending money on a just a great party. <laughs> That's it. And so and it attracts young people. OK, because, again, they're attracting people not necessarily based off of their principles. That appeals to some people that come into the more progressive wing of you know, the Democrat Party or, or into our politics in this country. But the, the, the people, most of the people that get attracted that are kind of like on the fringe, they're in the middle, right? They're not necessarily committed. They're attracted by the camaraderie. They're attracted by the community. They're attracted by loud music, people laughing, dancing, having a good time. And that is what brings them in the door in the first place. So that the conversation when it first starts is much easier it's just like well what are you all about right like you're having a good time what do you guys think so 
that is something that we need to embrace. If, if you are part of the liberty community, okay, the only way things change is if you embrace that. You have to actively build community around you. And it has to be community that um, uh, people are actively engaged in, and it has to be inviting. It can't be like, and I'm not talking about like the woke stuff. I'm not talking about like, you know, here are all our pronouns so that when you come in, you know you're invited. You don't have to do that. What I'm talking about is you have to basically take everything that's been used to quiet your enjoyment of liberty, and you have to resist. You have to push back against it, okay? Um, I can tell you that, you know, the group of people that I hang with here in New Jersey, the things that are associated with that are, you know, true free speech, like appreciating a damn good joke, <laughs> right? Um, the, the, the other aspect of it is just, you know, uh, not succumbing to authoritarian nature, like not succumbing to authoritarian control, resisting and fighting back, but doing it in a way that shows that you're, you're together, okay, and that you're having a good time doing it, right? Like that's really important. That's why we run the Blue Star Book Club, because the majority of the time we're not even talking about the book. Right? The majority of the time we're cracking jokes and having fun and trying to invite people into our social circle that are, you know, some are close and some are really far away when we broadcast this stuff virtually. But it's a matter of showing that there are people that embody the, the principles of liberty and they have a good time doing it. That's what attracts people. That's what attracts someone who's not necessarily going to torture the details about how they feel about something and what their principles are, okay? So one thing that we're working on is this social club. And the goal being that it is, it is the true embodiment of what it is to create local liberty-based community. It will be a headquarters. It will be a, um, it will be a, a, a brain stem to everything else that we work on because it, it will be home base because the people that are a part of it, the people that know about it, they will understand that that's the place, like that's the Alamo. When the executive orders come down, when all the shit gets made illegal, like when everything happens, right, that's the place you go because that's where you don't necessarily have to just stand on your own and defend your principles of liberty. People will have your back because they, they believe in liberty as well. And so that's the nature of it. The, the idea being that there will be a central congregation point where we can uh, break bread, have a party, uh, learn some stuff that's really important about decentralization, about personal sovereignty, about rights, about you know uh, basically fighting back against uh, an authoritarian culture. Here's the other thing. The, the wave of this just uh, boot on everyone's neck, okay, is not new. It's not new. It's been that, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts. It's been that gradually and then all at once kind of thing, right? Like, you could see the writing on the wall. The authoritarian steps were taken, like, for decades before they happened during COVID, right? It just, it wasn't a pandemic, 
right? Like the last couple of times it might have been, you know, a unilateral action by the executive branch dropping bombs in the Middle East, right? And basically 20 years of war that we didn't need that essentially is unconstitutional because the legislature uh, uh, has not given an official declaration of war against any of the countries that are in that region, right? That That's authoritarian. That's, that's basically like a, a, a monarch saying that we need to go to war and I don't care what anyone else says, right? Um, and that's been across the aisle. Like that hasn't been one political party. That's been bipartisan that that has been continued to be perpetuated, okay? You know, the, the, the writing on the wall has been there with so many other issues. The authoritarian nature of government has be, become more and more and more apparent, and they've become more and more and more brazen, okay? But the reason why is because the culture allowed them to, right? Like, if they tried this shit back in 1945, wouldn't have flown. Would not have flown right like right after world war ii if they had tried lockdowns and stuff like that dude no way i there there were examples of servicemen coming back to the united states and situations where they're like were corrupt local governments and the gis had you know had been issued their service firearms and they were allowed to bring them home i believe it was in georgia i think it was called the battle of uh can't remember the name of the town i i'm pretty sure it was in georgia but it was essentially a corrupt town uh, uh, sheriff's department that wanted to control everything. They made a ton of money off of fines and things like that. And the GIs came back with their handguns, with their service revolvers, and, and they effectively uh, broke down the doors and laid siege to the building where the votes were being counted because they knew there was some, fr some fraudulent stuff going on, right? Juxtapose that to today and what happened with all of the voting and everything like that, right? Like... The, the voting, it, it was, it was uh, you know, contested. I'll use air quotes. It was contested, right? Like, and, and people said that there was fraud and things like that. But what? It still happened. It still continued. Like, people were still civil about it and stuff like that because the culture has gone away from being rebels and radicals and personally sovereign to being, you know, essentially wards of the state. Folks that are, you know, people that are told, all right, you have to live within this box. Like, whatever you do, you can have a decent life, but it has to be within this box. And anyone who steps outside of the box, well, sorry, you're either going to prison indefinitely or we're going to kill you. But that's culture. That doesn't happen overnight. That's not like just a, a you know, yesterday a bunch of politicians were like, hey, we should become authoritarian. And then it's like, oh, okay, tomorrow, yeah, we'll, we'll enact all this authoritarian shit. That's not the way it happened. The culture of America allowed this to happen. And so the 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 uh, solution is we have to do the same thing in reverse. We have to create culture, you know, the, the liberty culture, and we have to do it in small groups locally because that's where the resistance happens first, right? That's where the resistance happens. You have to create these... Uh, rally points for people who support liberty okay and if you create them in enough places that 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 then becomes it become begins to spread okay it begins to branch out and i'll tell you what from opening my big mouth and a lot of the people that i know opening their mouths i won't call them big i have a much bigger mouth than most folks um them opening their mouths and saying things 
we found each other. That doesn't happen if you stay quiet. But guess what? There's tons of people out there that bite their tongue. They are liberty people, but they, they're afraid to say it. And that's another aspect of this kind of like building community and culture. If you have, you know, this great group that has a good time and says whatever the hell they want and they fight back against, you know, the, these, these punitive and, and just basically tyrannical edicts on the part of the, the folks that think they, want, they get to rule us, those people that are quieted or have been quieted, they begin to speak up. They begin to speak out. And you know what? In these times, there's also tons of people that are so frustrated that normally they wouldn't have spoken out. They would have been those people that were just kind of like go along to get along, right? They would have been those people that just kind of, I'm going to work, I'm going to, I'm going to make a decent life for myself and my family, and you know maybe I'll pick one battle or or I'll have one or two issues that I'll vote on, right? Like that. That's the thing. That those are the people that were pretty much just quiet. They're like, I'm not going to take a stand. I'm just going to vote for people to, you know, defensively to try and stop them from, you know, ruining what I'm trying to do over here. But things have gotten so bad that what they were trying to do over there, those those things that were just like, you know, I'm just going to do what I need to in order to have a good life. Those were completely obliterated by the last 12 to 15 months. And so those people are beginning to speak out. And you know what? There's a bunch of people that are speaking out at the same time, and they're beginning to find each other. And what's really important is that you begin to develop these, these centers, these, these focal points, these nexuses of people being able to gather and work together, okay? But it can't be just focused on your mutual contempt for something, okay? That's, that's the asterisk. The asterisk is it can't just be a bunch of people that dislike something. That's not enough to, to build community, okay? There has to be shared principles and goals, okay? And there needs to be activity. There needs to be something produced and done and, and, and goals and things like that. And those goals don't have to be political. Within our, our peer group here in New Jersey, you know, uh, two nonprofits are represented. We have a, uh, a business idea in the mix and creating essentially a nonprofit social club, right? Those are the things we're working toward. Those are the goals. And those are, like, some of them are really freaking lofty goals. Um, but the, the, you know, the, the aspects of building that community, it can't just be a bunch of people, you know, yell, yelling out into the void. And so to that extent... Um, I'm, I'm going to change. I just went to like a Monday through Friday schedule, right, within the last couple of weeks. And it's been a big undertaking. And so I, I cranked it to 11. <laughs> and I'm saying ouch a little bit, okay? I'm not cutting it all the way back down to one day a week. What I'm actually doing is I'm going to take Friday and that goes off. So I will be live Monday through Thursday at 7 p.m., all right? Um, I'm going to try and find someone to help me out. If you know of someone who would like to be a production assistant to help schedule things and, and keep track of stuff and help post things online, you can definitely hit me up and DM me or email me, and I would love to, you know, discuss terms with someone. It would be a perfect thing for, you know, any of the kids that are involved in uh, YAL, 
um, any college students that are conservative or liberty-minded, okay, um, it would be a great spot for them because uh, I'm going to be bringing in a lot of people that, and, and this is another change, you know, I've had a couple of, um, a couple of, you know, different types of episodes that I've been running. I'm going to continue to do the natural rights with Josiah because that is so like crucial, like the amount of information included in there. And it is literally the foundation um, or, or identifying the foundation that has been forgotten in America, right? So I'm going to continue to do those. Those will continue to be every two weeks on Thursday nights. The rest of the episodes, after I'm done with the, the next couple that I already have scheduled out, the rest of the episodes are going to be focused strictly on decentralization and how to build communities of liberty because that is what we need. I There are tons of people, and I, I love them to death, that they are out there and essentially showing that the emperor has no clothes. They, they are uh, hitting on the liberty talking points. They're doing it loudly, unapologetically, and, and I completely appreciate that. That is something that we need, okay? What, what we also need and, and what I don't necessarily need to do, like I don't necessarily need to be just, you know, that person, like a, a, a 50th or 100th version of them. That's not what I'm looking to do. What I would like to do is add some value to the world. And so what we're working on here in New Jersey, I want to create a, 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 a set of content that is centered around that, right? I, I want to create content that is centered around creating liberty-based communities, those the, the party that attracts people. And I'm not talking about a, a, a political party. I'm talking about an actual party, right? A, a good time where people feel like they have fun, like they feel like they're part of a, a, a like-minded group of people, where they can have an open and honest debate. And, and First Amendment rights are uh, uh, extremely valued so that you can speak your mind without worry about, you know, being doxxed or canceled or, or, or even like, you know, uh, uh, just being kicked out of the group or something like that. You can have an opposing view just as long as it's not anti-liberty, right? Like, if you want to tell me that you have this viewpoint and the answer is if I don't agree with you and I don't comply, you're going to send a government agent to my house with a gun, that doesn't fly. I'm, I'm sorry, it doesn't fly. We need to create communities of liberty that understand that you cannot use politics or government as force to get someone else to do something against their will. And so that's pretty much the only qualification. Everything other than that, look, you want to have a talk about whatever. You want to have a talk about abortion. You want to have a talk about, uh, you know, Andrew Yang's running for governor or mayor in New York City. You want to talk about UBI or something like that and have an open and honest discussion about whether or not it makes sense and whether or not it's a good thing or potentially turns into another boondoggle. Yeah, let's have a community like that. Let's talk about, you know, trans rights and, and I mean, I, 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 I can't, like, the, the nature of learning about natural rights has made me completely, this is a talking point that a lot of people say, and I don't think they truly understand the ramifications of. 
There are not trans rights. There are not women's rights. There are not black rights or minority rights or whatever. Put whatever qualifier in front of rights there are. There are human rights, natural rights. That's what exists. And so if you're fighting for trans rights, okay, and, and they are natural rights, then we're fighting for the same thing, right? Now, if you're fighting for trans rights because you think that there should be some special carve-out for that group, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not going to see eye-to-eye -eye with you. And not very many people in the liberty community are either, right? But if you are fighting for natural rights for everyone, regardless of you know, their sexual orientation or their gender or their race or their religion or ethnicity or whatever, right? Height? Who gives a shit? Natural rights are natural rights. Doesn't matter what qual. You don't need a qualifier, okay? But we have to build communities that are based off of that. We have to build communities that are these, um, dare I say, safe havens of liberty. But it's not just somewhere to retreat to. It's a somewhere. It's somewhere to begin the growth that is needed in order to beat back this cultural change that has been coming for decades, that has been basically taking over the country. I mean, just look at it this way. The fact that people in the United States think that the Constitution gives you rights is, to someone who's in that 1% who tortures the details and really tries to look at every single you know, speck of information and stuff like that, it is completely nonsensical. Like someone who understands the birth of this country and the history and everything like that, the idea of natural rights and and even uh, you know positive rights versus negative rights, you know someone who understands that and then they talk to someone and that person says, oh well, you know the Constitution gives you that right, so we can change that. I did an episode on that. Joe Biden basically said that you know none of the amendments to the Constitution are basically uh, immutable. That's not true, Joe. You're the president of the freaking United States. You don't understand this? Some of those constitutional amendments in the Bill of Rights have to do with natural rights. There is no questioning it. They shouldn't even need to be written down. But they were because the anti-federalists said, these fuckers over here, the federalists, they're going to forget this. Or, or at least they're going to lay the groundwork for people that are going to forget this. That these things are not to be screwed with. And you can't even give them away. They are yours by the, the, the sheer fact that you exist. But so that, that, that move towards people who legitimately think the Constitution gives you rights is the, the, the poster child of how culture over the last 50 to 100 years has changed in a dramatically different way from the way American culture used to be. And so... We need to begin the process of getting back to where we were, okay? And it's not going to happen overnight. There's no one politician that's going to be elected. There's no one election that is the biggest election ever and the one of most consequence. There isn't. That's the bread and circus. Focus on building local, liberty-based communities. And that's going to be my focus going forward. As soon as I play out this string of a, a couple of interviews and things like that that I have scheduled already, um, that's going to be my focus going forward. 
decentralization. It's going to be a lot of blockchain. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm all in on Hive, bro. Like, I am all, like, I, uh, Hive, I forget what, what it priced out at. The other day, I, I messaged everyone. It was like at 46 cents. I was like, I'm buying more, right? That is something where I think the, 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 the dApps, the dApps that are built, being built on top of the Hive blockchain, okay, they are the way. All right. Now, I'm not saying that those apps will be the apps to end all other apps. What I'm saying is that is the first generation of apps that will end up overtaking the world as we know it, the, the Internet as we know it. I'm all in on Hive. There's going to be a lot of Hive's trading at 48 cents right now. Drops a couple more. I'm buying more because the I, I have you have to get onto the platform to see. And if you go to my link tree. If you go to my link tree, okay, there it is. Um, <laughs> if you go to my link tree, you will see all of the various platforms that you can find me on, and a number of them, I have put Hive in parentheses next to them. Those are blockchain platforms, all right? The only one that is not a Hive blockchain platform right now is Odyssey. When Odyssey uh, gets the go-ahead for live streaming, I heard recently that they will. They're also fighting an SEC, uh, I think an SEC, that, that someone's trying to say that the token that they use is a security. It's complete bullshit. Um, I actually have someone scheduled to come on from library and, uh, you know, Odyssey is on the library blockchain that is going to discuss that. But you'll see that I am on a bunch of blockchain outlets and I, I am beginning to stream to them. Because one, it gives me the ability of having somewhere to go if the lockdown happens. And that's the other thing. Building communities of liberty, when the next lockdown happens, that's where you go. That's the Alamo, right? That's the place that, that, that you can retreat back to when the fight gets too strong. And then when the wind blows, you regroup, and then you keep going. You get back out in the fight. And so the the... Blockchains that I am on, that I'm going to be live casting to, follow me there. Um, I, I am not going to do it immediately, but I am pretty certain that in the near future, Monday night is going to be blockchain stream night. You won't be able to find me on traditional social media. Not on Monday nights. I'm going to dedicate at least one night to the blockchain. I will stream to as many blockchain outlets as I can so that I can entice people to actually try out those platforms to get an account doesn't take you any money to get an account and actually go to a stream there interact with it and see what it's all about and start to learn about it but i am all in blockchain is the place that all this stuff is going and you know what it might take a generation but i'd rather be early than late i would rather be there first learning about it and knowing it especially because all of these other platforms, they could turn the lights out tomorrow. Look at what they do in China and North Korea. They can turn the lights out tomorrow if they want. But the blockchain, you can't, I would, what's the, what's the phrase from, uh, from Serenity? Uh, you can't stop the signal, right? Mr. Universe, you can't stop the signal. On blockchain, you can't. There is redundancy. They would have to shut down the entire world to stop the signal on blockchain. 
So Monday nights are probably going to end up being blockchain night. Um, and, and that's where I will stream to. I will not stream to, you know, uh, web 2.0 social media outlets. And, and the true nature of that is to get folks to try the blockchain because some other place that we have to build. So we're going to build a, uh, you know, the, the, the local deep dive that we're going to build here in New Jersey is a physical location. We also have to build virtual locations, virtual micro communities that we can attract people that are of the liberty mindset or liberty curious to, that are productive, that do things, okay, that have goals and achieve them. That place I am sold is blockchain because of the lack of the ability of one central authority to be able to pull the plug on you. And so um, those are going to be things that I focus on going forward. Um, I, I am truly, uh, you know, like I can't tell you, a thousand percent convinced that the answer to what ails us and the answer to all of the problems that we've seen, and, and I've seen it firsthand in my experiences here in New Jersey, the problems that we see in the world today are fixed by building decentralized local communities based on liberty and freedom. That's the goal. And you know what? It doesn't have to be a, a, a secular, you know, social club. It can be a church or a place of worship, a temple, a synagogue, right? It can, it can be a place of worship. It can be, uh, um, you know, some other type of organizational rallying point. But again, it needs to be founded in those principles of liberty and freedom. And it has to be welcoming. It has to be some place that people really want to, like, at least their, their curiosity is piqued. They want to find out about it. So that's what I'm going to be working on going forward. Um, I, I appreciate you joining me and, and kind of listening to my diet on this. Um, I, again, I, I can't be more sold on this idea of you know local community and it it truly is the answer in my mind and so i'm i'm putting my money where my mouth is that's that is what i'm going to focus on moving forward um i will not be you know the the crazy person ranting at the screen all that often anymore can't promise you it won't happen at all um but i will not be that crazy person just yelling out into the void my goal is going to be to bring you some firsthand knowledge about how you can build your own communities, how we're building one here in New Jersey, and our beats, our successes, and our failures along the way and what we've learned um, so that hopefully you can re replicate it where you are. Um, tomorrow night, I have Greg Neely on. I'm going to be interviewing him. He is the Libertarian Party candidate for governor here in New Jersey, so definitely check that out. If you're not subbed, make sure to subscribe, follow, again, Go to the link tree on any of those uh, on any of those platforms. Definitely check me out, especially if like if you're watching me now on video, but you're more of a podcast person. Check out the podcast. Subscribe and follow on the podcast. Make sure to give me some thumbs up and and some positive feedback um, to help the algorithm out there too, dude. I put out uh, last week. I put out like 16 new episodes. The listens went through the roof. I'm I'm approaching a thousand listens on the podcast, so that's huge. Um, I, again, money where my mouth is, my podcast is on Oriole, which is a blockchain, a hive based 
podcasting um, app that's out there, and I will have one of the developers from Oriole on uh, within, I believe, uh, next Tuesday, uh, coming on on my decentralized everything night. So, and quite frankly, I think most nights now are going to be decentralized everything night. So, um, but yeah, I definitely hit me up on any of those platforms. And um, look, I, I appreciate all of you. Um, I want you to be in my Liberty community. Uh, so I, I appreciate the fact that you take the time to watch or listen um, to me and, and interact with my content. And if there is anything that you would like to see me uh, bring to the table in terms of content, a question that you would like a, a, an episode on or, or uh, a guest to speak about, something that's out there that you would like to hear about, please let me know. Leave it in the comments. DM me. Email me. Um, I will make sure to you know uh, take that into account and put it into the schedule in order to get you know content out there that you all want to see, uh, especially when it's liberty and freedom uh, centric and um, you know associated with building communities that are going to profess those principles as well. With that, uh, I want to thank you and have a very good evening. There are so many reasons to decentralize, whether it's lack of control over your own data, platforms where you are the product and get paid little to no money, or censorship and government oversight into your personal communications. That's why I'm taking a journey to decentralize my social media as well as my life. Make sure to subscribe, hit the notification bell, and check out the Decentralize Everything playlist on this channel. Whether you're curious or looking to decentralize too, I would love your company as I make a move to break free, take control, and decentralize everything.